You're listening to the Refinery Church Podcast. Each message comes from our Saturday night service in Brea, California. We pray these messages will build your faith and encourage you today. Last week, we saw that being a doer requires a few things. Take a look at this screen. It requires a few things to be a doer of God's word. It requires courage, determination, devotion, dedication, and sacrifice. Doing is not easy. Just hearing is easy. But doing what God says, that can be tough. That can be tough. And I told you that I'd tell you about some folks that exemplify these qualities. Um, And so I got three people that actually have been on my mind this week. Three people that have been really at the forefront of my consciousness this week. And so the first one uh, is related to what's been going on the last couple of weeks over there in, in South Korea. Anybody been following the Olympics? And any, any Olympic fans in here wave at me? No, very few. You, you Southern Californian people don't appreciate the Winter Olympics. I love the Winter Olympics. The Winter Olympics are awesome. I like to watch curling. I think that's an amazing thing. You know, what's that? We what? We gold medal. We did? U.S.? The men's, hey, I didn't even know that. Way to go, men's team. Way to go. Well, one of the people that I've been interested in following is this person right here. Her name is Michaela Schifflin. Schiffin. Schifrin. Thank you. My my, my tongue is getting tied. Michaela Schifrin. Michaela is is an incredible athlete if you followed the Olympics at all. Uh, She is, she took gold medal four years ago in the slalom. She took gold medal again this year in the giant slalom, and she took silver medal in the Alpine, uh, which is this huge race. And uh, she is considered one of the best women female skiers in the world. Matter of fact, it says that Schifrin is the reigning World Cup overall champion and the first woman to win three straight world slalom titles in 78 years. She's incredible. Incredible. Matter of fact, one of the things I actually like about her is I I couldn't find the picture of it. Uh, There's some video of it. On her helmet, she has these letters, A-B-F-T-T-B, A-B-F-T-T-B. And I was like, what is that on her helmet? And I began to do a little research to find out it means always be faster than the boys. (laughs) As a dad of daughters, I thought, that's cool. That's cool. Always be faster than the boys. She has experienced gold because she's a doer. She's experienced gold numerous times because she's a doer. She's not just a hearer. Because just hearing doesn't get gold. Doing is what it requires. And she's been doing it since she was a kid. Matter of fact, she was put on skis when she was two years old. And she was just pushed down the hill. (laughs) But she did really well. And pretty soon, some top quality skiers were saying, you should really ski more. You're really good. Well, it's one thing to be told that. It's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to do it. Well, there's a lot of talented people out there. She chose to be a doer. From the time she was two years old, she spent every bit of her free time on the snow slopes. When she wasn't on the slopes, she was watching and learning about skiers. She would follow some of the people that she admired. She even practiced with a mop when she had chores to do at home and she'd be cleaning and she'd be practicing her moves with a mop. She was a doer. She wanted to be prepared. She gave up other activities when some of her her peers were going out and seeing movies and things like that. She said, no, she was on the slopes. 
That's what makes her a gold medal winner. Champions are doers. They're not just hearers. They're people that say, I'm going to be a doer and not just a hearer. They do in spite of discomfort. They do in spite of inconvenience. And they do in spite of failure. Because she failed a bunch of times. But she got back up and she kept doing. Doing requires determination, devotion, and dedication. It also includes sacrifice. Michaela is is a person who exemplifies that. But last week I talked to you about how to do what God has said to do. That's the athletic world. But, but there's another factor that's required to do what God says to do. And last week I taught on that, and that word was faith. It requires faith to do what God has said to do. If you want to go back and listen to that, I highly encourage you to check that out. This week, I want to talk about the next um, piece and f- highlight the factor that actually sustains us and validates what you're doing. And the word is, right here, integrity. Everybody can say integrity. 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 See, doing is our hands, our getting our hands involved and getting our hands into what God has called us to do. Integrity is about the heart. And we need to have hands and heart to take the hope of Jesus Christ to make a lasting impact on this generation and the next. Hands represent the doing, but without the heart, the hands have no lasting power. The doing that we do ends up being futile. Doing that lasts is going to require personal character to sustain it. Did you hear what I said? It begins with integrity. Take a look at this quote from Pastor Wayne Cordero, who pastors New Hope in Hawaii. He said this. He said, your gifts... And talents will only take you as far as your character, well, that's a misspelling, should say will, carry you. Your gifts and talents will only take you as far as your character will carry you. Gifts and talents and doing is good, but character, character is the thing that carries us through. Here's the definition of integrity for those of you who are interested in going, well, what does integrity actually mean? It has simply been defined this way. Doing the right thing when no one else is looking. Doing the right thing when no one is looking. So, how's your integrity? If that's the definition, how's your integrity? How's your integrity? The second person I want to talk about has been on the news this week and um, been at the forefront of everybody, many people's conversations because we experienced the loss of someone who really exemplified the character of integrity. He directly shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with more people than anyone else in history. Think about that. The Reverend Billy Graham. He's considered one of the most influential people of the 20th century. Watch this little video that sums it, sums it up. Take a look. I look back over my life, it's full of surprises. I never thought I would become friends with people in different countries all over the world. I see how it felt and can't. And I began preaching many years ago. It was not with any thought. 
At 99 years old, he went home to be with Jesus. A life well lived. A life of integrity, a life of faithfulness. Billy Graham was born November 7, 1918, four days before the end of World War I. He grew up during the Great Depression. and He was raised on a dairy farm in Charlotte, North Carolina. A farmer. In 1934, at a tent revival, one of those old-fashioned tent revivals, led by a traveling evangelist, Billy Graham, at 15 years old, committed his life to serving Jesus. Here's what he said about that. And this is why I'm using this quote tonight. He said, I was persuaded by a friend to go to a meeting, and the Spirit of God began to speak to me as I went back night after night. One night, when the invitation was given to accept Jesus, I just said, Lord, I'm going to do it. And that was his commitment to Jesus Christ. Billy Graham heard God and said, I'm going to do something about it. Thank God he did. Because throughout his life, Billy Graham preached the gospel of Jesus Christ to approximately 215 million people. And I say approximate because they've lost count. He had 400 crusades, simulcasts, evangelistic rallies in more than 185 different countries and territories. He reached millions more through TV, video, film, internet, and 34 books. One Christian leader by the name of Russell Moore said this about Billy Graham. He says, Billy Graham was the most important evangelist since the Apostle Paul. Wow, what a statement. What a statement. Martin Luther King Jr. said this about Billy Graham. Had it not been for the ministry of my good friend, Dr. Billy Graham, my work in the civil rights movement would not have been successful as it had been. Because he heard and he did. He was a hearer and a doer. The man was an example of faithfulness and integrity that carried him through. He was a doer of God's word. One of the things that I appreciate about Dr. Graham's ministry to this day, it was well documented that he operated with godly integrity. In a time when scandal was surrounding many preachers and evangelists, his ministry did not waver from its mission to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ with passion, compassion, and integrity. Thank you, Dr. Billy Graham. The character of integrity validates all that we do and is what sustains us to the end so that we can celebrate at the end so that we can finish well. Dr. Billy Graham is celebrated because he was a man who operated with faithfulness and integrity. I know some of you are here, oh, I'm not Billy Graham. 
I'm not an athlete like Michaela, Michaela Schifflin, Schifrin. No, but you have the ability to be a man of God, a woman of God who operates with integrity so that you can finish well. I'm going to close with one more story of the third person that's been on my heart and mind this week. It's, it's a guy that's a little older than was a little, well, he lived a little longer before Billy Graham. He's somebody that I, I admire. Um, it's somebody that I've, I've looked at his life and I've said, Lord, if I could live like him, if I could operate with that kind of integrity, if I could operate with that kind of commitment and faithfulness, then I feel I will live my life well. His name is Joe. And his story is actually found way back in the Old Testament book of Genesis. Some of you might know him as Joseph. He was the 11th son of Jacob. He was part of the 12 tribes of Israel. He was the 11th tribe. His younger, son ben, his younger brother, Benjamin, was the youngest of all of them. Joseph, if you know the story, if you've read the story, it's found in the book of Genesis right there, chapters 35 all the way through 40. Talk about Joseph's life. He was a young guy. He had dreams, ambitions. He had visions. His brothers were a bit jealous of him. They didn't like the special treatment that he was given by his father. They didn't like that he seemed to be arrogant about the things that he had visions of. And so his brothers conspired against him and decided, hey, you know what? We're going to get rid of this dreamer. We're going to sell him into slavery. And they did. They sold him into slavery. Human trafficking was going on back then just as it is now. Matter of fact, maybe even more so back then. They sold him into to slavery and we pick up where he had been sold into slavery in Genesis chapter 39, verses 1 through 12. And I want to focus on this one little occurrence that really defines Joseph, his character. And I'm going to read the story. You can follow along with me on the screen. And we're going to talk about this young man who operated with integrity. Genesis chapter 39, verses 1 through 12. Let me read it with you. When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders... He was purchased by Potiphar, the Egyptian officer. Potiphar was the captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar so soon, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. Did you see that? Did you see that? I want to pause right there. I'm going to inject a few things that we need to take note of. Why was Potiphar blessed? Why? For Joseph's sake. Joseph operated with integrity. Joseph operated as a man of God and a a faithful man of God. And his boss was blessed because of him. Potiphar took notice. Man, I'm blessed, so I'm going to make sure that Joseph gets promotion. Promotion follows a life of integrity. From that day, Joseph was put in charge of his master's property. The Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly, and his crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. 
With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. If there's any business owners in here, wouldn't you like to have an employee like that? Oh, I don't have to worry about anything. Or maybe you're a boss or a supervisor. Yeah, I love employees like that. Now, here's where we start to get into it. This is an episode of Desperate Housewives right here. <laughs> Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man. And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. And she said, come and sleep with me. She didn't just say it. The Bible says that she demanded. She demanded it. I mean, she was desperate. A lot of giggles when I, uh, when I emphasize that. Verse 8, listen, but Joseph refused. Here's where we begin to get a glimpse into his character. Pause for a second. Remember, Joseph is a slave. He was not allowed to have a wife. He was not allowed to have relationships. He was supposed to be single and singularly focused on serving his master. In addition, if he did want to have a relationship, it would probably be with another slave woman who wasn't well cared for. Here is an Egyptian master's wife who is well cared for. She probably went to the beauty parlor, got her nails done regularly. She probably smelled good, had good dental hygiene as compared to the slaves. So visually, she was a trophy. And look how he responds. I'm talking about guys going, hey guys, she was beautiful. And what does he do? But Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? Here it is. It would be a great sin against God. He puts it all into perspective and then he shows his integrity and says, this would be a sin against God. He's saying, I'm a doer. I'm a doer and I'm going I'm to operate with integrity. Well, that didn't turn her off. You would think it would. Verse 10, I think she burned a little hotter now because she kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her and he kept out of her way as much as possible. See, that's a good lesson for all of us. When you know you're facing temptation, don't go running over to where the temptation is. Get away from the temptation. He was trying to, he's like, man, how, how am I going to do my job? She's in the house every day. Well, I'll figure out a way. And he had to figure out a way. It was inconvenient for him. It was inconvenient. See, doing is going to be inconvenient. Doing the right thing is going to be inconvenient. But it's the right thing. One day, however, <laughs> no one else was around when he went in to do his work in the house. Dun, dun, dun. She came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, demanding, come on, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. Uh -oh. 
So he avoided, avoided, avoided. Finally, she gets to him. She grabs him by the cloak and says, I have needs. (laughs) And you will meet my needs now. And he did what integrity tells us to do. He ran. He bolted as fast. He ran out of his jacket. He's like, I'm out of here. Men and women, I think there are days that when the computer is, is beginning to put images on our screens, on our iPads, and on our cell phones, we need to have the boldness and the courage to say, I need to get away from that. Because integrity matters. Don't run to the temptation. Run away from the temptation. We're watching a generation that is being enticed and devoured by Potiphar's wife. Oh, she's kind of digital these days. She might come in the form of a bottle. She might come in the form of a digital image. She might come in the form of, oh, a little cheating on finances, a little twist here, a little fudge there. But she's enticing. And she's saying, come on. No one will know. It's just you and me in the house. Nobody will know. You deserve it. You deserve it. Look how hard you work. You deserve a little break. See how the temptation works? See how it works? And I know, man, you're going, man, Pastor Kelly, Saturday night's usually fun. Why are you getting so heavy? Because integrity matters. And I want you to finish well. I want you to finish well. The story goes on, and I would encourage you to go home tonight, read the rest of the story. You might be surprised. You'd probably like to think, yes, and and Joseph ran out the house, and he was all hot and sweaty, and he went for a swim in a nice cool pond to cool off, and, 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 and everything was okay. And then he went back to work, and everything was fine. It isn't how it worked. She actually held up the coat and she screamed rape. All the people came in and and she said, he tried to rape me and Potiphar ends up throwing him in jail. His reward for integrity was unjustly being accused and thrown into jail. Listen, sometimes integrity costs, but in the end, it pays off. See, the way the story ends, and I'm going to give you a little spoiler, the way it ends is, Joseph ends up going to jail and he serves in jail faithfully. He operates with integrity in jail. And ultimately, Pharaoh has a dream and calls for somebody to interpret the dream. Joseph is brought. Joseph interprets the dream. Long story short, Joseph is assigned as the second in command of all of Egypt. He becomes the governor of Egypt. Second in command only under Pharaoh. And as a result, he sustains and saves all of that region through a seven-year drought, including his own family. You see, God rewarded Joseph because God saw what was done in secret. People may not see it. People may even falsely accuse you. But if you operate with integrity, if you do with integrity, God sees and he rewards Joseph did the right thing when no one was looking. 
He could have given in to the pressure and the temptation, but he lived a life of integrity. Despite disappointments, despite setbacks, his reward from people was being unjustly accused. But God sees what is done in secret, and he rewards. I have personally witnessed, and I'm going to close up now. When James gets back, I'd love to have him come to the stage. I have personally witnessed men who lack... Oh, wow. Just like that. Faithful man right there. (laughs) I only have to think about what I eat. (laughs) I have personally witnessed men who've lacked integrity. They did some great things. But because of their weak character, when it was exposed, it's as if all the things that they did that were good no longer mattered. Because of the weakness of their integrity, the weakness of their character. Listen, integrity builds a lasting uh, reputation that in the end validates all that you do. Do you hear what I said? Integrity builds a lasting reputation that in the end validates all that you do. Today I had the privilege of uh, helping to memorialize uh, Ken Charity's grandfather at a funeral and at a graveside. And as I was standing there, I was remembering how many of these I've done. And I was thinking about the stories of men and women that have gone on. And I think about these men and women and how they lived their lives and how many of them could actually say, I did the right thing when nobody else was looking. I lived a life of integrity. Though people may not see or reward your integrity, God does. When Billy Graham, I know without a doubt, when Billy Graham, in the twinkling of an eye, stepped over into eternity, the first words I know he heard were, well done, my good and faithful servant. Those are the words I long to hear. It's what motivates me to live a life of integrity. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, I don't have it for the screen, but listen, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus' own words were this. He says, what my father sees in secret, whether it's prayer or giving, doing, he rewards accordingly. Jesus says God sees. He sees our heart. Being a doer requires hands and heart. A heart of integrity is what validates all the doing. Thank you for listening. For more information, check out our website at wearerefinery.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram at wearerefinery. God bless.